Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, as always, we have the headlines of the day, some recruiting stuff to get to, a little bit on Mackenzie Mbako. Boy, he is a big name, an incoming freshman that was originally committed to the Duke Blue Devils who flipped his recruitment late and ultimately chose Indiana. So we'll have some information on him in this opening segment. An update on Cooper Jacoby of Silver Creek, who had an outstanding career as a Dragon. I always forget he's got a new home coming up for this school year and the upcoming college basketball season. So it's going to be fun to see how he fits in his new destination, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later as well. And a couple other things that we'll cover here in the opening segment of our program. Later today, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is with us. Dustin is the beat writer for the Pacers, but is with us on Wednesdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball, football, and more. And plenty to get to today with Dustin when he joins us on the program. Uh, don't forget, coming up, I know it seems like Hoosier hysteria, the season for basketball, a long time away. Don't forget, there's a IU Basketball Fan Fest coming up here in a matter of a couple weeks where apparently there's going to be a little bit of a scrimmage that has been part of that event the last couple summers. So that will help get us a little closer to IU Basketball. But uh, plenty to talk about, as always. And Dustin will be with us a little bit later in the hour today. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He'll join us, as always, on Wednesdays for the latest in local sports. New Albany finally has a new basketball coach, Jason Jones, most recently from Kansas. We'll get Josh's thoughts on Coach Jones. He had a chance to speak with him after the recent school board meeting on Monday where Coach Jones was approved as the new New Albany basketball coach. And high school football around the corner Monday of this week marked the first official day of fall practices for basically every fall sport. So there's a little bit of lull this week because you've got practices and I'm sure all the things that go with starting a new season, uh, even though there's been a lot of workouts and opportunities for these sports over the summer, uh, it's going to be here soon. Scrimmages and volleyball next week, regular season games begin the following week, and that's par for the course basically with football coming up soon and other sports as well. So we are almost to the fall sports season here locally, and Josh Cook, uh, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us in segment three 
as we talk the latest in local sports. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into some headlines. Well, first, let me remind you the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And don't forget, send us a text, a question, comment, whatever it may be, on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Headlines of the day, let's start with IU basketball. A lot of summer workouts going on. McKenzie and Baco. Of course, nobody really outside of the coaching staff has seen anything. We have had a chance to hear from some of the players this offseason with some media availabilities, but we're just going on rumors and going on known ability from some of these players based on last season, whether they were at Indiana, at another college, or maybe in some cases like McKenzie Mbaco, a high school senior last year. But it is fun to think about what the lineup could look like for next season. A lot of buzz, I will say this, a lot of buzz in Bloomington about McKenzie Mbaco. And Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, who joined us yesterday, always on Tuesdays, he put together a summary of all the offseason quotes on Mbaco from the different IU players that we basically have heard from uh, this offseason. And just kind of neat to see what the players themselves, Malik Renu, C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks, and even Coach Woodson so far, have had to say about Mbaco and his game and how he could help this team, this roster for next season. I think as we look at things for IU basketball next year, there is no question that Xavier Johnson is going to be key. He's a guy that is experienced. I think after the injury last season that sidelined him for really that back end of the season, the Big Ten Conference Tournament, obviously the NCAA Tournament as well, he missed some key regular season games in, down the stretch. Uh, he's got to be hungry. He's got to be ready to take on the challenge of being a leader, of being uh, someone that uh, is going to play a very big role for this team this upcoming season. So I think he's probably the key guy. There are some other arguments, Trey Galloway, the leadership, the defense, the, the three-point shooting. But outside of those two, McKenzie Mbaco, and I, I think you can make an argument for Malik Renew as well based on what he saw last season. But uh, McKenzie Mbaco, by far, is uh, somebody that intrigues me the most. Even as a freshman, uh, when you see his body, he just looks ready for banging in the Big Ten Conference. When you see what he can bring, even as a freshman, I think he, to me, is one of the most intriguing players, definitely the most intriguing newcomer, even, to me, above Kellel Ware, the seven-footer. So some interesting pieces of this IU roster as we think of things for the upcoming season. And I can't wait to see these guys on the court together. Even the scrimmages against lower-level teams, Division II teams, 
NAIA teams. It's really an opportunity to see what you've got and uh, how things could look for IU basketball moving forward. Mike Woodson and the IU staff announced recently that they will hold a two-day coaching clinic for the first time under the direction of Mike Woodson in Bloomington. It'll be September 29th and 30th at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. Uh, coaches will be able to come in, high school coaches and others, to see how the staff works, to learn uh, drills and offenses and defenses and philosophies. And, of course, not only will the staff include uh, IU assistants, but also some of the IU former players as well, including Calvert Cheney, Randy Whitman, and Jordan Hall. So uh, it's a good group of guys to learn from. Uh, some special guests have been touted as well. Uh, the agenda that I saw has a social event on Friday evening for the incoming coaches that want to learn, that want to go through the uh, the camp, the, the uh, clinic, I guess is the right way to say it, to socialize with current coaches and others that are in attendance. And then coaches will be able to watch an Indiana basketball practice as part of the clinic on Saturday, September 30th. So pretty neat deal. If you're a high school coach or coaching players, you can sign up online. I think I saw the cost is $150 per coach. If you send multiple coaches from the same school or the same program, there are some additional opportunities as well. But, yeah, definitely neat. Uh, some coaches do this all the time, some occasionally. This will be the first time that Mike Woodson has uh, done something like this in his tenure as the IU basketball coach. But I think it's smart, especially with the hotbed of high school hoops here in Indiana, to get those coaches as close to you as possible because you never know uh, what school in the state or in the region or in the Midwest is going to put out some big prospects. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I would expect this would go over really well. Uh, you would like to think it would become an annual event, but kudos to Mike Woodson and his staff uh, for taking time to put something like this together. One local note, Cooper Jacoby, Josh Cook of the News and Tribune, had a nice feature piece on him recently. We'll talk uh, with Josh later today about Cooper and where he's headed next season. But after entering the transfer portal after two years with Toledo, last spring he committed to Eastern Illinois University. So an opportunity for a fresh start. I've got to believe that Cooper probably sees a bigger role quicker for him at Eastern Illinois, and I really believe he's someone in the right position of a good mid-major program that can contribute in a big way. So excited to see what Cooper Jacoby's third year of college basketball looks like. It'll be his first at Eastern Illinois, but another guy with local ties that I think has a chance to do some big things in the college basketball realm. New New Albany coach Jason Jones, we talked about him yesterday on the program after he was confirmed Monday afternoon at a special meeting of the New Albany Floyd County School Board. We'll get Josh Cook's thoughts later today, but Coach Jones is going to join us on the program Friday in our second segment. I was able to confirm that with him yesterday evening. So Jason Jones, most recently of Kansas, the new New Albany basketball coach replacing Jim Shannon. He will join us Friday right here on the Hoosier Report. We'll get a chance to learn more about him. It's always neat to have new coaches on. Obviously, if you're a regular listener of this program, you know that the New Albany coach, the Jeff coach, Floyd Central Providence, Silver Creek, others, we have them on, especially during the basketball season on a regular basis, even other sports as well. It's just they're the big jobs. People want to know what's going on. They want to hear about the upcoming games, know how things are going. One thing I've really enjoyed doing over the years is having new coaches with us 
on the program when they get hired, especially new coaches that are coming into the area, maybe from somewhere else in Indiana. But an opportunity to talk with Coach Jones, somebody coming into New Albany with experiences in different parts of the country, really going to be an interesting interview to get to know him. He is really unknown to people in this area, so we look forward for the opportunity to the opportunity to speak with him Friday on the program. A lot of people have asked and said, hey, are you going to get the new New Albany coach on? Yes, he will be with us Friday in segment two of our program, so make sure you lock in with us, hopefully every day, but if you can't make it every day, make sure you're with us Friday for that interview, and of course the live podcast, or the recorded podcast, always available if you miss the live show, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts. High school sports, more on that. Uh, Football season coming up, we are a week and two days away from official scrimmages And we are two weeks and two days away from the official week one games of high school football in our state. Silver Creek and Charlestown, a big one. But I think there are a lot of interesting games in week one of the high school season. There's no storyline like a team I'm ready to say for sure is going to be dominant or the best in the area. There's things you could guess at. But I think the most interesting thing, once again headed into this high school football season, is the parity and the unknown. And we really don't know what to expect locally. Who is going to be the king of high school football in Clark and Floyd counties? Uh, going to be interesting to see. And week one will start to help us figure that out. There are some interesting games. Some of our local teams have really big challenges in week one. I'm specifically thinking about Floyd Central. They will play at Louisville St. X. New Albany has a tough week one game. Jeff also will take on a competitive Whiteland team. Uh, Silver Creek and Charlestown, some unknown there. I know the Charlestown quarterback, Clay McClellan, we think uh, he'll have a big season. But a lot to learn about the rest of Charlestown and the Silver Creek team as well. And that big rivalry game will be an interesting way to get things going. So I am ready. It's been a fun summer. Uh, I know summer and the warm weather will continue for another month or two. But I'm ready to get back into high school sports and high school football and truthfully inch closer to the basketball season, high school and college. Send us a text on the Thornton's text line, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to get your questions and comments and texts. We'll get them on the program, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer, but we always talk IU basketball, IU football, college hoops, the Big Ten, recruiting, and more. Lots of stuff coming up next. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Dustin Dopirak 
of the Indianapolis Star going to join us in this segment for our daily chat. Somebody each day, some IU expert as we call them, we have on to talk IU basketball, football, and more. So stay with us. Dustin Dopirak coming up here in just a moment. If you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we uh, appreciate you listening uh, live on the Big X or via podcast or however you can join us. Uh, that is outstanding. But uh, trying to connect with Dustin Dopirak, we will uh, be with him hopefully here in just a moment. And just to kind of recap things, some of the things we mentioned in the first segment today, obviously, IU basketball recruiting continues, lots of scholarship offers going out. We gave you a few names from uh, Wisconsin yesterday uh, that are interested, or that IU is interested in, that offer, they offered scholarships to recently, and uh, that's what you expect coming out of the July evaluation period, a number of new names that IU gets involved with. Of course, some of the key names continue, Derek Queen, a big one, Liam McNeely, uh, two of the big names in the 2024 class, both of those guys set to visit Indiana coming up a little bit later in the fall, but uh, recruiting is the name of the game outside of the prep for the upcoming season. It's all about scholarship offers and recruitment and college visits, campus visits uh, this time of year. And college football, those home game weekends for the Hoosiers uh, can obviously play big roles in the recruiting process. So uh, we're still trying to connect with Dustin Dopirak. We hope to have him here in just a few minutes, so stay with us for that. But with that said, um, you know the recruiting time in the fall continues. It's an important piece of uh, what goes on this time of year. And IU coaches, you can bet soon, with school getting back in session at a lot of school systems locally already, I know other parts of the state, they may not start this early, but you can bet that IU coaches will be hitting some of the early practices and open gyms because Remember, when school comes back in, new within the last couple of years, rules allow high school basketball programs two days a week uh, to work with their teams and to actually have uh, preseason practices, not just open gyms. So that also is an opportunity for IU coaches to get out, especially locally in the state. And there's a lot of in-state talent right now. We talk about it almost on a daily basis that you can expect these IU players to get out uh, visit their high schools, uh, see them in action. So uh, it's a slower time, but never a slow time when it comes to recruiting, uh, that's for sure. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star now with us. Dustin, great to have you today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Dustin, I don't have the name in front of me right now, but I saw something that caught my attention on social media yesterday, a player from Ball State. I know he played high school basketball at Indianapolis Cathedral yesterday on August 1 announced that he was entering the transfer portal, I believe, as a graduate player. Unbelievable that we're this late into the summer, this late into the offseason. Teams are back on campus. Players have went through summer school, now college, the regular classes for the fall getting ready to start, and we still have people at, at a slower rate entering the transfer portal. That is amazing. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, yeah, I think it's, if I'm looking at it right, it's Jaron Coleman. Uh, yes, I could not Central. remember the name. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just I just Googled Ball State and transfer, and that's what picks up. But he's, yeah, he's he's an indie kid, uh, and he actually led Ball State in scoring last year. No, I mean, obviously, just all of the moving parts 
make everything possible. Um, there's always a, uh, you know, some thought or, you know, and, and these guys are moving around for things. I'm pretty sure I saw that Coleman was playing uh, up at Dizzy Run where I was at last week watching Tyrese Halliburton and Obi Toppin and Trace Jackson Davis. I think Coleman was up there. So, I mean, it's just you, you get around, you talk to people, uh, and, you know, it, it might not be somebody up there recruiting you per se, but there might be a player that you're working with or, or a teammate or, you know, on your pro-am team, you talk about something and he's like, hey, you should get out of there, you know, or, or something like that. And obviously there's, because this is so much a piece of what's going on here, um, you know, there's always reasons. Uh, so he, uh, he it, it, I'm reading the story, he apparently graduated on July 22nd. Um, and so, you know, Michael Lewis obviously kind of bothered by this, but this year he got summer, summer uh, requirements done and, um, became graduate student transfer eligible. I guess he wasn't eligible uh, to do it as a graduate student because he'd already he transferred from Missouri. Uh, so he he would have been risking it uh, if he would have transferred before then, if he would have entered the portal before uh, he got his degree. But once he did, uh, then it's available. So obviously all these um, pieces of the rules make all kinds of uh, things possible. Just It's a reminder that you're always recruiting your own team. Um, and even if you recruit your own team terrifically, you might lose somebody because they might see a, a better opportunity elsewhere. I mean, obviously, again, you, know, you point this out that it's tough for coaches, but obviously coaches are perfectly available to go take a job in August as well if someone opens up, if someone gets fired, uh, you know, for, you know, it, you know, if someone gets fired for cause at this point, if someone goes out and gets in trouble or something like that, a job opens up, uh, you know, someone's free to take that job. And so, you know, these things are, are constantly fluid. They're constantly moving. And that's, uh, that's the reality of sports is basically, I mean, everyone's trying to get the best opportunity they can to, uh, you know, move themselves forward in the game. And, you know, uh, people jump on opportunities to move all the time. And it's just happening more and more in college sports now. That's the Dopirak, the Indianapolis star, my guest. You know, I, I get the changing world of sports, of college sports especially, the transfer portal at NIL, I get it, but it's just amazing to me this late that players are still allowed to depart a school, depart a campus, and still allowed at this point to join a team for next season. We spoke earlier in the week about Indiana and their open scholarship spot, and Mike Woodson recently made some comments that make you think Indiana actively trying to fill that void, that role, if there's someone that would fit into it. Uh, so this stuff, Dustin, it takes different twists and turns every year, but this takes the cake for me. August 2nd, Indiana's still looking for a player, possibly for next season, and then the Ball State player, former uh, Cathedral star Coleman, headed to the portal yesterday. What a world we're in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I guess the one thing I would add to that, though, to, to kind of say it's been that way on the other end, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, Indiana going into 2012-13, uh, was won over scholarship through summer session. And, you know, somebody had to go, and it ended up being Ron Patterson. Uh, and I think, um, you know, obviously I think there were some academic issues that let, that, that allowed for that, for lack of a better term. I, I guess, you know, for whatever reason, he hadn't qualified or lost some kind of uh, exemption or whatever. But, I mean, there were 14 guys on the roster all summer. Uh, and they were on that were you know 14 guys that were going to be scholarship guys uh, were around throughout you know summer session as far as I recall. So you know it it's, it has worked that way on the other end, but it, I mean it is pretty wild now. And and I think also because there's a lot of structure around uh, the recruiting end of it, or, or, or the, the uh, you know portal will say okay, well you, you can't enter it until such and such date if you are not a graduate transfer. 
um, you know, that, that there's at least something there saying that you're trying to move up the calendar so it's moving quicker. Obviously, you're coming up with, uh, you know, these early entry withdrawal deadlines for the NBA draft. Uh, you know, there have been several moves that, that the NCAA and the NBA have attempted uh, to try to make it more manageable for coaches, obviously, with, with a lot of feedback from coaches saying, hey, man, you're really burying me here. Um, but, you know, there, there, has, there has been a lot of movement like this for a long time. I mean, I've, so I, I would say that, you know, really that takes the cake for me as far as a, a, a weird roster situation going deep into the year. Uh, that one is still one that still stands out for me that I, I want to say was right around this time. Um, that uh, news broke that, that Ron wasn't going to return for the fall and, and ended up going to, I think, Brewster Academy that year. Um, so that's still one that sticks out to, to me as, as a pretty wild situation. That was going the other way. We were still overloaded uh, as opposed to o- underloaded. And they used to do you know a lot of oversigning. Um, you, know, you could oversign by one in basketball. You could oversign by more than that in football. Um, so as, as wild as this is, you know, it's been that way on the other side uh, as far as taking more players than you could actually use. Um, and, you know, you have the concept of gray shirting. That exists for a reason in football, uh, that people will take too many uh, players and, and ask one of them to go, uh, you know, go to prep school for a year or, or whatever, or just not enroll until January until they can come to spring practice but not be on uh, the roster in the fall. So it, it does cut the other way. It has cut the other way. Uh, for years, and so again, it, it, this is—it's while turning in the other direction. The pendulum is really, really swung. Um, but you have seen, I think, uh, roster situations in the past that were not at all settled um, by August. It's going to be interesting to see who, if anybody, Indiana adds for next season in this final spot. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, I do want to switch gears and talk some IU football. It seems like after the Big Ten football media days happen. We talk a lot more football on this program. The season is drawing close. We are less than a month away from the Week Zero games, and I think we're right at a month today away from the start of the IU football season. Now that we've been through media days and had a chance to kind of digest the conference as a whole, where do you see Indiana in the Big Ten East this coming season? I mean, your first thought is it's not in a great place. <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, I think, um, you know they are picked last, last in the East. Uh, you know you look at these, you, you look at these teams, and you look at the players, and you say, okay, well, what, we're going to do what? You know, what, what's everybody going to be doing here? Um, and so, you know, like who's going to play? Who's going to start? You know, where, where is there going to be? You're still obviously in a situation where they don't know who the quarterback is going to be. You know, Dexter Williams is not healthy yet. Uh, you know, I don't know when um, they expect. Uh, him to come back, uh, you know, I, they, they're hopeful that he will return at some point. Um, but, you know, it doesn't seem like they, they know when. Um, so you're looking at, you know, the Taven Jackson, you know, Brennan Thorsby, um, you know, co- uh, competition. And, and, man, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of changes in the year, and he got a lot of spring practice reps for Brennan Thorsby. Thorsby did not seem ready to be, you know, the, the handful of snaps that he got last year uh, after Bazalak and um, uh, Bazalak and, uh, and Tuttle were hurt. So you know you're, you're going to be in a weird quarterback situation. You're certainly hopeful that some of the you know uh, you know you hopefully get a Cam Camper back fully healthy. You're hoping you get um, you know figure out a situation to get uh, as much out of Cam as out of Jalen Lucas. You hope Josh Henderson can be uh, you know maybe an every down back, or maybe Jalen Lucas can be an every down back. Those two can put, come together. You're hoping that um, offensive line is better than it was for the bulk of last. And, uh, you know, that, that those guys can turn it out. And you've got a lot of moving pieces on defense. Obviously, you know, Cam Jones moving on. You know, some of the top players from last year's defense, uh, you know, moving on finally. You know, uh, Monster Matthews, et cetera. So they need, 
Um, they need a lot of people to step up in a lot of important roles um, at this point, and so it's hard to see what that looks like uh, at this point. I feel like you won't have any idea who this team is until you watch it in the opener, and obviously get Ohio State in game one, um, and that's probably not going to tell you a lot anyway because they're probably going to lose that game by a bunch of points. Um, so you're, you're a while from figuring out who these guys are. I mean, there's certainly you know, games that generally on paper seem you know, annually winnable, uh, you know, Illinois, you know, Purdue, um, you know, uh, obviously I think Michigan State took a little bit of a downturn last year, Maryland, Rutgers, you know, are obviously are all these games that seem like they can win. Uh, you know, you would think that Louisville's not out of the question, bringing them up to Indianapolis, Indiana State, Akron, you know, there are games on the board they can win if, if they put things together, but you, you know, again, you, you just don't know what the team is going to look like. You can't say for sure, okay, where are these teams' strengths going to be? Where are they going to be people? Um, and at this point, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I haven't been covering it as closely as I, as I, as I was when I was on the beat um, and didn't spend all spring, you know, kind of talking about this stuff. But, uh, you know, you really don't know at this point who are the guys that they're going to be able to count on. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, I guess the good news for Indiana football, I don't know that it's going to be a thrilling season or there's any – a real confidence in a bowl game this year, but maybe some future hope, a new weight room investment that we talked about earlier this week on the show, but also the fact that maybe, depending on how the schedule's doled out, things won't be as hard for Indiana. They won't have to play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State guaranteed every season as they do now as a member of the Big Ten East. Maybe that's the, the part of this Big Ten growth that helps Indiana football. Yeah, no, that, that certainly helps. Uh, that, that definitely improves the situation. That being said, um, you can't point to, oh, it was Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan that were the problem uh, when you're losing to Maryland Rutgers. You know, uh, that, that's, that's sort of the issue. Is if, if you're, if you're going to talk about the idea of, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we, if we just need a little bit lighter schedule and, and just need to, to get these guys you know, off, off the mark, that works if those are the only teams you're losing to. Um, but if, if you're getting beat by Maryland Rutgers every year, uh, then you can't really play that card, and that's really, really the issue for for Indiana. Is they, 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 those are those are the teams they're losing to, so you can't play that card. Um, uh, so now, do I think it, it can be better? Sure. Obviously, the issue is is Tom Allen going to be around to see it? Uh, you know, that's that's a tough situation. They, they, it doesn't look great coming in, and you have to wonder. All right, can they have three bad years to keep a coach? Uh, and obviously, those those the buyout to discuss and whatnot. Um, and you know, so that's why I'm sure you know I, I didn't expect them to do it last year. But if you have a third rough year in a row, I mean, that's, that's obviously going to hurt you in recruiting. I mean, they've got to hope that a lot of the guys they got in the portal are going to be able to help. Guys that they got in recruiting are going to be able to help. Some of the uh, players they got in previous freshman classes are going to make a difference. Uh, but they've lost a bunch of those guys. You know, there are several uh, players that were top recruits that they've lost to the portal. You know, Desan McCullough being one of them. Um, uh, shoot, who was the running back that went to Notre Dame and followed, followed Dylan McCullough? Um, oh, uh, yeah. Jabron Payne. Um, you know, they, 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 a lot of the uh, recruiting wins, uh, they, they've had a lot of ebb from the, those recruiting wins they had when they were winning. Um, so they're in a tough place. Now, obviously, again, the, the schedule can't help for sure. Obviously, you throw US, UCLA and USC into the mix so every once in a while you're playing one of those. But I think they're playing UCLA at home the first year. Um, you know, that's not an unwinnable game. That's not a crazy idea. But then again, I mean, UCLA's not bad. You know, you, uh, you, you certainly wouldn't pick, uh, you know, like you, you would not have made Indiana the favorite over UCLA if they played last season when they still had, D, you know, UCLA still had DTR. Um, so, you know, I, I think there are some, some that, that is a positive on the horizon that matters, that makes a difference. But there's, there's a lot else. I mean, and I was talking, to the, you know, 
I, I felt like the weight room was an over overwrought thing. I mean, maybe it helps, um, you know. I, I guess, uh, but they had a huge they have a huge weight room to start with. I mean, the only the issue that everyone discusses is that other people can use it, um, but it's still a priority for football. It's right there for football. You know, everybody else has to walk from wherever they are uh, to come work out, and they don't. You know, I, I guess it makes it a little bit tough when you you're dealing with. 85 scholarship guys uh, to fit them into any one place, and if anyone else is taking any part of it, uh, it tightens things up a little, I guess. Um, but you know, I, I I don't know how much they lost. I mean, someone was talking about the idea of a, it's a you know black eye in recruiting, and I don't buy it that much. I feel like that's just that's a stretch for me. When you walk into that place, it's just wide. You know, there's like you can be on one side of the weight room and look at the other side and barely see the other people over there. Um, <laughs> so I I, I kind of don't see how that was. Uh, you know, a, a, a detriment to the building of Indiana football. Now, Jay Wilkinson gave him a whole bunch of money. It's Jay Wilkinson's money, so if he thinks it's a problem, you know, he's allowed to, he, that, that's his money. He's allowed to do what he wants with it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that having a dedicated space as opposed to the huge space that you were sharing for weight training uh, is going to make all that, them that much better. I think they really were doing a good job as, as far as physical development in the first place. Um, you know, I think that was generally working out pretty well for them. Um, to begin with, that was more of a strength than it was a weakness. And you could, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, that, that's an odd thing to point to as far as a weakness. Again, if you've been in there, it's not like you're talking about like one tiny small weight room and everybody has to use it. It's a humongous weight room and it's, and it's in the football stadium. Uh, it just so happens that if you play baseball, you get to use it too. Hmm, interesting. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Final question for you, Dustin, before we let you go. We've had some discussion this week. I know after the media days here in the coaches talk, and we've heard from some of the local athletic directors lately as well here in the state and the Big Ten Conference. It does make you wonder with the rumors out there where the Big Ten could turn next for an addition. Uh, there are a lot of rumors out there, but they are just that rumors. Who do you think would be the next school that makes the most sense for the Big Ten to add, whether it be for football, basketball purposes, or all sports across the board? I mean, after they added UCLA and USC, uh, all, all, every everything is possible. You know, everything is possible uh, for for what they might want. I mean, I'm I'm not sure what they want to build at this point. What the next step is, you know, I mean, they obviously kind of started things rolling, and, and everybody else is backfilling off of them. Um, so, in, in a way, you know, they well, not actually not off of them. That's not true. Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC, you know, really kind of. Started the ball rolling, and then the Big Ten, you know, really came in swinging with USC and UCLA, basically saying there are no geographic rules anymore. Uh, is sort of the biggest sort of statement that they made there. Is if, if you think that you need to take somebody who exists within your geographic footprint because you care about things like student athletes and travel, uh, we don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, we we're going to go get big markets and we're going to cross the country and, and to heck with this. You know, if there are planes, we'll put them on it. They'll be fine. Um, you know, so everybody, so that means everybody's available. Um, and I think there's some talk about Florida State leaving the ACC. You know, there's no reason to think Florida State's not available. Is that, that, that that's not you know worth thinking about? Uh, I mean, I think obviously there's the the thought of them being uh, AAU schools. Um, you know, I'm forgetting what the designation is like. Um, uh, yeah, whatever. Basically, just just high level academic institutions. Oh, AAU, um, not in the sense of. Uh... Not in the sense of amateur athletic union, yeah, the other right, one. Yeah, right, right. Um, I think it's an American Association of Universities. It might be yes, that. I think, um, so. I think I that's think so. right. I think that's the acronym. Um, but you know, th- that's something that's always mattered to the Big Ten in the past. Uh, and now all, all you got to do is get your accreditation if you don't have it already. 
Um, I don't know what it actually takes, what's required, how good you have to be. I don't know if Florida State is the school that can pull that off or not. Um, but, you know, it's certainly, you know, Oregon, um, you know, is not out of the question. I mean, just going after anybody, really going after anybody in those three leagues, the ACC, um, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 is available. I mean, they have to look at it as though they're available. They're going to be able to give them more money, um, and it's going to be attractive. And once you already have uh, UCLA and USC in the picture, it, you know, the geography doesn't matter. Um, it just doesn't um, at this point. So, you know, they can go after Oregon, Oregon State. They can go after Washington, Washington State. They can go after Stanford. They can go after Cal, um, both of them. I mean, I, w- I would think if they're going to go after anybody in the Pac-12, they'll want it to be a package deal that they'll want a travel partner for whoever it might be. So, you know, you look at what the Pac-12 has traditionally done with its travel partners, and you have to say that whoever, anybody the Big Ten might want over there, they're going to want its partner. You know, Washington State's yeah. not that attractive, but Washington is. Um, you know, Oregon State might not be that super attractive, but Oregon is. Um, and so you'll take whatever with that and just to be able to pair it with somebody. You know, I don't think Arizona and Arizona State are really on the board right now, but, but that would be an option. Stanford, Cal... Um, you know, would, you would think would be an option, and that would, I think, fit certainly academically and raise, um, you know, raise the Big Ten's already considerable academic, um, you know, foothold there. Um, but, you know, obviously, Notre Dame's never out of it. Um, you know, I, I just presume, you know, there's always that possibility that that door, I think, is as long as we're doing expansion, and by we, I mean just college sports in general, as long as expansion is happening, as long as people are taking uh, you know, schools from other conferences or whatever, Notre Dame has to be on the board for the Big Ten. Uh, that doesn't mean, mean they're next. That doesn't mean they're going to get them this year, in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years. But you have to always consider that if, 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 the, you know, if, if there are moving parts, Notre Dame to, to the Big Ten has to be under consideration. Um, but I'm sure, again, there's ACC schools beyond Florida State that would be of interest, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, Pitt, anybody, you know. They could take anybody, and I wouldn't be surprised at any single addition they'd want to make. Absolutely. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, great stuff. Always fun. We'll talk with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Dustin is with us Wednesdays on the show. By the way, the AAU and sense of uh, academics with universities, it's the Association of American Universities. So Dustin was almost spot on there. But, yeah, when we talk about AAU and the sense of conferences it's not uh, not aau as far as travel basketball or sports it's uh, the association of american colleges also i just saw this 2024 four-star guard Jaden mustaf who is a big iu target he set his uh, announcement date uh, of september 14th so a month and a half from now uh, mustaf will make his decision indiana georgia tech north carolina maryland florida state and arkansas are his finalists, and he is the number 42 overall player according to the 247 composite rankings, the number five combo guard in the class. And, of course, he was at uh, Carmel Christian in North Carolina, but recently announced that he would spend his senior go of it at the Overtime Elite Academy down in Georgia. We'll head to a commercial break. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is next. We'll talk about New Albany's new basketball coach, high school sports, the fall season, and football all getting ready to go live here with games very soon. We'll discuss that and more coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. We talk local sports in this segment. And Josh, I guess you could say this is the calm before the storm because high school sports fall practices officially began on Monday, which means we are a week to a week and a half, depending on the sport, away from scrimmages and or regular season games. But first, I want to talk about New Albany basketball because finally the Bulldogs have their guy, Jason Jones, who's coached high school hoops in a number of states, is coming to New Albany, most recently from Kansas, and you had a chance to speak with him Monday night after the school board meeting. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, better late than never. Just one day before the start of school, they, they got their they got their new coach. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he's a super nice guy, as you mentioned, uh, most recently in Kansas, but he's coached in you know, uh, Georgia, Florida, and uh, Colorado, the other states, I believe. And then, um, you know, he does have some uh, some Indiana roots. His dad is originally from Washington, so um, he he grew up uh, kind of learning about Washington hatchet basketball. And then he said when he was uh, at a, when he was in middle school or elementary school, I can't remember. He said he started watching the uh, or got a videotape of the 1988. Indiana uh, state semifinals, and that was that was a pretty good year because they had uh, Chandler Thompson, Sean Kemp, Damon Bailey, those guys. So that was a pretty good year to watch it. Uh, but he, he got, uh, he, I guess, he got hooked on maybe Indiana basketball then, and they started watching the uh, getting videotapes of the Final Four for for several years after that. So uh, he's 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 got uh, he's got a knowledge of uh, Indiana hoops and. Um, you know, I asked him too how many times he's seen Hoosiers, and he said he's seen it over a hundred times. So that's always a that's always a plus <laughs> too. You got to have your uh, you got to have your uh, Indiana high school basketball background. So that, that's a good start. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, other than that, uh, we don't know much about him. You know what uh, um, you know kind of coach he is. We'll, we'll find out uh, in October, November, December. You know, when once those months come rolling around. But uh, you know, I don't. I, the, you, you know, you never want to be the, the the guy who follows the guy, right? So I don't know if this technically counts because uh, there was Craig Teagle in between. So maybe that was a good thing. Maybe he's not going to be the guy who follows, you know, Jim Shannon, the Hall of Fame coach. So um, you know, maybe that'll work out. Uh, maybe that'll be for the best. But uh, we'll find out once once uh, basketball starts bouncing uh, later on this year. Definitely, we'll have Coach Jones on the program Friday in the second segment of our Friday program, Josh. Calm before the storm. Fall sports are basically here. Practices in most sports underway as of Monday of this week. High school football scrimmages about a week and a half away, two and a half weeks away from the regular season. Volleyball, I think there are scrimmages next week. Regular season matches get started the next week. Uh, as we look ahead, and I'm talking not just football, but volleyball and other fall sports, what are some things that Josh Cook, who covers this stuff on a hourly basis, a daily basis, writes about it, interviews, goes to games. What are some storylines for the fall that folks here in the area should watch when it comes to local high school athletics? Uh, you know what? There, there are a ton. 
but some of the I'll just go I can just go sport by sport uh, in girls golf which has already started actually uh, Floyd Central should be really good and they're um, they're ranked seventh in the first coaches poll and uh, um, their top three players are uh, Paige Giovinco, Corey Cook, and, and Trinity Bramer. They've been playing um, you know for the last couple years now so on the varsity and, and they're uh, they're really good so you know I expect them to make the state. In boys tennis, uh, I think Floyd Central will be very solid again. They've got they made it to the uh, state quarterfinals last year. Got got I think four of their starters back from that team, so they should be really good. Um, in uh, boys soccer, uh, you know, uh, Providence is always going to be good. Uh, they're, they're they're in Class A again after they got bumped up. Um, in three A, I think uh, Floyd and Albany both should be you know fairly competitive and and for a sectional title. And then in Class A, Christian Academy had a great year last year, and I think they'll. They'll make another run at it, uh, maybe this year too. And then the girls' soccer, you got to look at, at Floyd. Uh, they won uh, so many sectional titles in a row. And then uh, in 2A, you've got Silver Creek, which also won several sectionals. And then in Class A, you got Providence. They all should be really good. Uh, cross country, I think Floyd will be good on both the boys and the girls' sides, uh, especially the boys. They should be really good on the boys' side. They may they may be top five, top ten in the state. We'll we'll see how that works out for them. And then. Uh, uh, volleyball, obviously, you know, Providence is uh, the defending state champion 3A. They should be, uh, I assume they'll be preseason number one. You know, they got a, that's a makeup for the loss of Grace Perica. That's a pretty big loss, but uh, they should still be very good, you know, state contenders. And uh, But first, I'll have to get out of sectional with Silver Creek, and Silver Creek's going to be really good. Uh, of course, they got Addison McCoon who committed to, to rule over the summer. And then uh, in 4A, I think Floyd Central, New Albany, Jeff, they should all be good. Uh, you know, in Class A, so, uh, Christian Academy should be good. Um, and then, let's see, with my old football, of course, um, football, we've got, uh, you know, Jeff is in 6A, so they've got a tough road to, uh, road to go in, in, in that uh, class. But in 5A, I expect Floyd, Floyd and New Albany to maybe challenge for a sectional title. It's just a four-team sectional, so they should be right in there. Uh, Silver Creek, again, is in a difficult sectional in uh, 4A. Uh, but I expect them to be improved this year. Uh, 3A Charlestown, you know, they're going to be really, uh, they should be really solid with uh, Clay McClellan back at quarterback. Um, and then in Class A, we've got uh, Providence defending sectional champ. You know, I expect them to, to win the sectional again. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's it's outside the realm to think they could be, you know, they could have into the regular season with one loss or, you know, maybe if things go really well for them, they could go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, just looking at their schedule and stuff, uh, you know they've got a few tough games. But other than that, I think they should they should roll pretty much uh, um, through it the way the the way well, it I, looks. So sorry, that's and that's so it. Good, that's all of them. You just that's why you're so good. You just gave us a rundown of everything we need to know for fall sports. There you go. All your predictions and everything rolled into a three minute clip. That's outstanding. <laughs> hey, final thing, real quick before we go. Cooper Jacoby, I know you had recently a story, a feature on him. He's got a new home for next season. He's transferring from Toledo to Eastern Illinois. Going to be fun to track all of our local guys in college basketball. But it seems like he feels Eastern Illinois is a really good fit for him. Yeah, it seems like, um, you know, hopefully he's uh, he's going to get some, some more playing time. And uh, he thinks it's going to be a good fit for him. So, yeah, best left to Coop. Uh, you know, a great kid, obviously, one. Couple state titles at Silver Creek, so uh, I think he'll uh, he'll have a chance to do well there. All right, good stuff, Josh Cook. 
sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thanks. Have a great week. Matt, you too. Thanks so much. Have a great day. All right. Josh with us Wednesdays. We talk local sports on our Wednesday program. And that's it. A quick hour every day. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, tomorrow we have more coverage for you uh, along the same lines. And then, of course, Friday we'll have our regular guests as well, including Jason Jones, the new New Albany coach, set to join us on our Friday edition of the Hoosier Report. Have a great Wednesday. We'll return at 11 a.m. Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>